Someone said that vision is a picture of the future that produces passion. Dr. Cho said, show me your vision and I'll show you your future. One person said this, if you can see the invisible, you can do the impossible. That's what Abraham did. How did Abraham do what he did? He did it by keeping his eye on an unseen city with real eternal foundations. The city designed and built by God. How many of you know that when God impresses you and he puts some things in your heart and then you put pen to paper and then you put foot to cement and you start walking it out, there will be a great need of perseverance. And that's because of this, that Habakkuk said that the vision is for an appointed time. And he says, but at the end it will speak and it will not tarry. Wait for it because it will surely come. Some One person, Mr. Cooley, said it like this. Sometimes the ship that is longest on its voyage bring home, brings home the richest freight. If the promise tarries, wait for it. A promise long waited for is very precious to its fulfillment. So in your life, as you face opposition to the dreams and to the things that God has placed within your spirit, and surely he has, has he not? How many of you have dreams and visions and goals for your life? Well, one thing for sure, hope deferred will try to make the heart sick or make it stoop. The enemy will not roll over and play dead just because you have a vision. But that's where faith comes in. And that's where hope comes in. That is where you stay in the Word and you stay with your vision strong, with a confident, favorable expectation that the same God that put those things on the inside of you is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think. Amen? And you've got to be tenacious in your life. You just cannot back off. You know, maybe this year you started a Bible reading program. You'll be tempted to stop. Maybe this year you started some weight loss program. You'll be tempted to stop. Maybe this year you started an exercise program. You will be tempted to stop. But don't lose your vision. And if you messed up for a day or two, don't go for a month or two. But get back in the game. Get back in the race. And keep running your race with patience. Because it is worth it all. It is worth the fight. And it is worth obeying the Lord and the things He's called you to do. Amen. And you've got to get just like the Apostle Paul said. He says, none of these things move me. There will be things that come into our life that will try to move us off of the Word and move us off of the dreams and move us off of the goals that the Spirit of the Lord has put in our heart. But we need to arise in strong faith and say, you know what? I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm not moved by what I've been hearing. I'm only moved by what I've been believing. And I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. See, you have been told some wonderful and glorious things in this perfect law of liberty. 
The Word says you're healed. The Word says you're rich. The Word says you're strong. The Word says you're able. And so Paul said, you know what? I don't care what's going on around me. I'm not moved. Look at your neighbor and get a little sassy and say, I'm not moved. None of these things. None of these things move me. So there, that what this is saying to us today is there are things that will try to move us. And if you are moved by what you see, instead of by what the Word says, you'll be moved. That's why he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, he said, For we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by what? We walk by the Word, not by what we see. We walk by a sight of a better kind. The sight that's found in the Word of God. We walk by faith. The Amplified says this, we regulate our lives by faith. In other words, faith is a way of life for the born-again believer. Amen? And 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18, I want you to look there. We're just obeying the Spirit of the Lord now. I trust God's going to minister to you this morning. Say it with me. God's ministering to me already. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 18. Now remember this, that Abraham was able to obey God because he kept his eye on the promise. He did not look at the situation that was around him, but he kept his focus upon the promise. Now notice in 2 Corinthians 4.18, in the King James Version, it says, While we look not at the things which are seen. While we look not at the things which are seen. We walk by faith and not by sight. We don't look at the things which are seen. Why? Because the things which are seen are temporary. Now, something that is temporary means that it's subject to change. What you are going through right now is subject to change. In other words, what you are going through, if you'll walk by faith and not by sight, has an expiration date. Woo! Glory! That test, that trial, that thing, it has an expiration date. So, while we're living, while we're believing, while we are dreaming... While we are persevering, we don't look at the things which are seen. But rather, we do look, not with these eyes, but with the eyes of our heart. With the eyes of our spirit. We do look at the things which are not seen. You see, the thing which is not seen is your dream coming to pass. The things which are not seen are eternal. And so he says, put your focus on my word and see by eyes of faith that dream, that goal, that vision coming to pass. 
We don't look at the things which are seen. But at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen, they're only temporary. Look at, look at the way I'm doing this. Just do it just like that. They're temporary. That's just temporary. That, that doctor's report, temporary. Amen? That foreclosure, temporary. Well, how can you say a foreclosure is a good thing? I didn't say a foreclosure is a good thing. What I'm saying is God can take a bad thing and turn it around for good and eventually give you better than before. But you're going to have to keep your mind on Him, not on the foreclosure. For the things which are seen, they're just temporary. They're temporary. But the things which are not seen, they are eternal. Lord, I pray that you would give us eyes to see. I pray that you would flood our hearts with the light of your word. For it is the entrance of your word that gives light and that gives understanding unto the simple. Flood our inner man with the truth of God's word so that the truth of God's word rises up strong and overcomes the lies of the enemy that comes to the city of our soul. Flood our spirit with light. Strengthen us with might by your Holy Ghost in the inner man. So that we will not be faint in the day of adversity. Because the day of adversity comes to every one of us. I could tell you some things that have knocked on the door of my life in the last 20 years. And you could tell me some things that have knocked on the door of your life maybe in the last week. And if we walked by sight, we'd get our hankies out and start crying. But thank God we don't walk by sight. So we keep our hankies in our pocket. And we lift our hands and we rejoice because we're still breathing. We're still walking. We're still talking. We're still living. Yeah, but I had my car repoed. You may have had your car repoed. And the po-po may have been after you. But it's only temporary. It's subject to change. We serve a God that can turn anything around. We serve a God that is the mountain mover, the cancer deliverer, the drug addict freer. Things come and things go. But our Father always is ever-present and keeps us in the flow of His strength and of His victory. So, in the day of adversity, we will be weak if we don't keep our spirit strong. But if we keep this man strong, the Bible says... That the strong spirit of the man will sustain you in a time of your infirmity. Listen, when discouragement knocks on your door, when your dreams and your visions and your hopes seems like they're never going to come to pass, when those come, 
Listen, my brothers and sisters. The strong spirit of a man will sustain you. What does that mean, sustain you? That means when your spirit is strong, when you're strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, that means that you will not go down, you will not go under. Eventually, you will come up and you will go over. Say it with me. I am an overcomer. And I overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of my testimony. You that are discouraged today, I speak a word of supernatural encouragement into your spirit. I speak a word of strength into your soul. I speak a word of life. In the midst of that death-filled situation. And then I speak a word of exhortation. To you that are battling discouragement. To do what David did. When he came back to the city of Ziklag. And found out that the whole city had been ruined. Their wives and their children were taken away. The people were so upset with David. That they began to talk about stoning him. But here's what David did, and here's what you can do. He encouraged himself in the Lord. See, my wife may not always be able to encourage me. She may be down in Livy land. (laughs) Or she may be away ministering the word. My wife may not always be able to encourage me. She's a great encourager, but I know one. That it can encourage me 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's the ministry of the Holy Spirit to bring encouragement into your soul. Now listen, take advantage of Him. He is your comforter. He is your helper. He is your strengthener. He is your standby. He is, we could say it, He is the one who brings supernatural, divine encouragement into your life. Now listen, cooperate with Him. And encourage yourself in this glorious relationship with the Lord and with the Holy Spirit. Encourage your spirit man by praying. Encourage your spirit man by praising Encourage your spirit man by fellowshipping with other spirit-filled believers. Get encouraged in the Lord through the word of the Lord that's coming forth right now. Encourage yourself in the Lord. And you will not go very far encouraging yourself in the Lord looking for a pity party. You will not get very far on the road of encouragement By looking for people to come and feel sorry for you. Never, ever. I'm going to say it again. Never, ever. Never, ever, ever, ever. Never, ever. Never, ever feel sorry for yourself. You got too much to be glad about. I never looked in the Word of God where it said, He has made me sad. He has made me sad. I will be depressed, for He has made me sad. But I did find a scripture where it says, He has made me glad. He has made me glad. 
I will rejoice. I wish I had a friend to rejoice with me today. Hallelujah. Woo, glory. We have a two-level home, and Brenda and I have coffee together every morning. Sometimes I go down there before she does and get the coffee ready. And sometimes she's up doing extra, you know, things and stuff. And I'll yell upstairs and say, wish I had a friend. <laughs> I slept in late the other morning. She'd been downstairs, all prayed up, had the coffee ready, yelled upstairs, wish I had a friend. <laughs> well, sometimes in church, I wish I had a friend to rejoice with. I wish somebody would just get happy in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Woo! Glory. We got too much to be glad about than to yield the sadness. Now, you can yield the sadness. All you got to do is turn on the news. And you'll get sad. But if you turn on the good news, come on, somebody. I said if you turn on the good news and open up the good news and treat it as your necessary food, he'll make you glad. Hallelujah. Even going to church should make you glad. You know what? I didn't wake up this morning and say, oh, I'm so sad. i got to go to church. When church becomes a religious duty... It's a code of do's and don'ts and legalism. But when church becomes a place where you lift your voice and rejoice, when church becomes a place, even if you want to run around or even spin, it's all right. The psalmist said, I was glad when they said unto me, let's go to the house of the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on now. Amen. Somebody try that one on for size. Say it with me real strong. I was glad. Not mad. Not sad. I was glad when they sent unto me. Let's get the chotch. <laughs> Encourage yourself. Now, there's times where I've needed encouragement. Don't get me wrong. And I've called a friend and Brenda's encouraged me or Pastor Tom's encouraged me. There's times like that. But by and large, for the most part, we're to have such a vibrant fellowship with the Lord that we stay encouraged. And that when things start going down a little bit, we know how to pull ourselves up. Come on now. We know how to pull ourselves up by the grace of God. You know what? It's been a day since I've been in the Word. Time to get in the Word. Haven't been praying in the Holy Ghost very much lately. She spent some time praying in the Holy Ghost. You know what? I haven't been confessing the word like I did last week. Rise up and start saying what God said about you. When you say what God's word said about you, what God said about you, you'll become real in your spirit, your soul, and your body, and you'll get happy real quick. Amen? Scripture is like the Lord's my helper. I'm not afraid. What man can do unto me. Hallelujah. So, stay encouraged. Stay encouraged. Don't be discouraged. Encourage yourself in the Lord. 
Now look over at Romans chapter 8, verse 31, if you would. We're going to go down through the rest of the chapter. Y'all happy today? We're getting a little happy meal this morning. Hallelujah. There's a little prize at the end. Amen. There's a big prize at the end for you. If you don't know Jesus, haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost, there's a big prize for you. Amen. Now, I got to thinking about things, things, these, none of the, none of these things move me. And then I got to thinking about 2 Corinthians 4, while we look not at the things which are seen. Now notice here in Romans chapter 8, verse 31, don't you know that the Apostle Paul faced a lot of things to try to throw him off the will and the plan and the path that God had for him? Absolutely. If you look at it in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, you'll, you'll see that he said that he was stoned. You'll see that he was in trials among false brethren. He was left dead. I mean, Paul faced a lot of things against his life because Paul was a carrier of revelation knowledge. How many of you know that you are a carrier of revelation knowledge? Now, here's what Paul's attitude was. He says, what shall we then say? How many of you know you can have what you... You can have what you what? What shall we then say to these things these things in other words the things that we're facing evidently can hear us you know that fevers can hear you mountains can hear you he said what shall we then say jesus said whosoever shall say to this mountain be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea And shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. didn't say he shall have whatsoever he thinketh. He shall have whatsoever he saith. What you say, according to God's word, carries tremendous power. And so the Apostle Paul says, what are we going to say to these things? Read the rest with me. If God be for me... Temporary. It's just a thing. Get God on those things. Put God on those things. Put God's word on that cancer. Put God's word on that arthritis. Put, listen now, put God's word on that unemployment. What shall we then say to this unemployment? Hey, my God supplies all my need. According to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. What shall we then say to this cancer? Himself took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. What shall I say to this rebellious child? I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to be saved in my whole house. What you say. You. What you say. According to the word of God. Carries great weight. Tremendous power is released when you say what God's Word has to say. 
What shall we say to these things? If God before us, who can be against us? Let's go to verse 32 through the end of the chapter. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall we not, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? Verse 33. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is what? Who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us? There's 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, isn't a tribulation a thing? How about distress? How about a little persecution? Famine? Nakedness? Peril? Or sword? In other words, Paul is about to get sassy here. He started out by saying, you know, if God be for me, who can be against me? And then he takes it into the sassy mode. And he says, because Jesus loves me so much, I'm never going to be separated from the love of God. Listen, because God loves you so much, there's nothing that can separate you from his great love for you. Now notice in verse 36. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Verse 37. But nay, in all what? In all these things. In, in spite of the distress. In spite of the distress. In spite of the famine. In spite of the test. In all these things. We are still more than conquerors through him that loved us. You're still more than a conqueror. You may have had your house taken away from you last month, but you're still more than a conqueror. Your dream, your goal, your vision may not have come to pass yet, but you're still more than a conqueror. And we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Now look over at Hebrews chapter 10. And notice with me in verse 35, right through the end of the chapter. Hebrews the 10th chapter. Say, so, may I walk by faith? And not by sight. Hallelujah. Now here in verse 35, we started out this dissertation by talking about the need for perseverance. Perseverance is a must when it comes to vision. What is perseverance? Simply defined, perseverance is simply the act of continuing on a course in spite of opposition and in spite of difficulty. Amen. Staying with it. Staying on. Staying strong. Refusing to quit. Count it at all joy when you fall into different temptations, tests, or trials. Come on, somebody. In other words, being constantly consistent. Amen. Refusing to give your hope up. Refusing to give your faith up. Now notice with me in Hebrews 10, verse 35. He says, cast not away, therefore, your confidence. That's another way of saying, don't let your faith slip which have great recompense of reward. I wonder, are there rewards for persevering? There absolutely are. 
He said, if we will remain patient in the midst of a test, that we will be perfect and entire, lacking nothing. Amen? Now, I want to look at that in the Amplified Version. Let's look at the rest of the chapter in the Amplified. In Hebrews chapter 10, in verse 35 of the Amplified, it says, Do not, therefore, fling away your fearless confidence. How many of you got your faith out for something? How many of you got your faith out for a family member to be born again? How many of you got your faith out for some finances to come into your life? How many of you got your faith out for a strong body? How about a sound mind? Okay, so our faith is out there, right? Now, he says there, for do not fling away your fearless confidence. In other words, don't let it slip. Don't let it go. Stay confident. For your fearless confidence carries a great and glorious... How many of you like the word compensation? Amen. We know what compensation is. Compensation means payday. It might be Monday, but I tell you right now, Friday is on its way. Friday represents payday. Ain't no pay on Monday. Ain't no pay on Tuesday. But you know that Friday's a coming. Amen? So you're not going to fling away your fearless confidence because Friday's on its way. Now notice, a great and glorious compensation of reward. Let me ask you a question. Are there rewards for not flinging your confidence away? The Bible says he's a rewarder of those who will diligently seek him. Amen? Now notice verse 36. For you have need of steadfast patience and endurance, which is another way of saying of perseverance, so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God. That's what I want to do with my little life. How about you? I just want to do the will of God. I don't want to try to keep up with the Joneses. I'm not talking about Luther and Cynthia. I don't, I don't want to try to keep up with the latest thing in the body of Christ. You know what I mean? I, I don't want to try to, to, to be like this person or be like that person. Hey, the Bible says it's enough that the disciple be like his master. I got a full-time job being like Jesus, much less trying to be like somebody else. Now, that's good preaching right there. So that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God. You see, there's coming a reckoning day. There is. Where God will look at Mark Thomas, he will look at you, and he will say, what did you do with what I've called you to do? Amen. So that we may perform and fully accomplish the will of God, and thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised. Can I get a witness? You know, I'm thinking maybe if we had an organ here, my pitching would get better. I'm not sure. Carry away and enjoy to the full. Hallelujah. Your latter years can be better than your former years. Your latter end can be much better than your beginning. It is not the will of God for our latter years to be meager and less than the former years. 
But it is the will of God for us to increase in strength, increase in wisdom, increase in finance, and increase in every area of life the older we get. You believe that? Well, I'm just hanging in there. I'm hanging in there. Stop hanging in there like that cat on that little string. And start dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. Don't take those verses away. I'm not done yet. That you may accomplish the will of God and thus receive and carry away and enjoy to what? To the full what is promised. Verse 37. For still a little while, a very little while, and the coming one will come and he will not delay. Verse 38. But the just, that's you. I got a question for you. Who are the just? Let's say that together. Who are the just? Who are the just? Who are the just? But the just shall live by faith. My righteous servant shall live by his conviction, respecting man's relationship to God and divine things and holy fervor, born of faith and conjoined with it. And if he draws back and shrinks in fear, my soul has no delight or pleasure in him. Say it with me. I'm not shrinking back. I'm moving forward by faith. Verse 39. But our way, that's you. Our way is not of those who draw back to eternal misery and perdition, who are utterly destroyed, but we are of those who believe, who cleave to, and trust and rely on God through Jesus the Messiah, and by faith preserve the soul. We're not of those that draw back. I tell you what we are. We are those who possess the land. Let us go up as a church in 2014 and possess the land. May you go up and possess all of the things that God has provided for you. And possess the land and enjoy and carry to the full what Jesus has promised you. Let me pray with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this word of encouragement today. Thank you, Lord, for the vision being fulfilled in 2014. Thank you for the things that you've put in the people's hearts today. We just come against those things. As a matter of fact, we speak to any demonic force that would set itself against my brothers and sisters in the name of Jesus. And I speak a word of encouragement over every person in this auditorium today. I speak a word of strength a word of power, and a word of faith over their lives. I thank you, Lord, that we can operate in godly hope with a confident and favorable expectation that those things that you've placed in our hearts are surely coming to pass in the name of Jesus. Every head is bowed and every eye is closed. You're here today.